Hello and welcome to the Empowered Hormone Podcast, where we pull apart all those taboo topics, periods, parasites, poos, hormones and more. Let's question everything you've been taught about your body. I'm your host, Sheridan Decker, a gin-loving gut health nerd passionate about debunking myths on birth control, period pain and IBS. If you struggle with bloating or your period is less than pretty, then join me as we chat about everything relating to gut and hormone health. Hey guys, I just want to preface today's interview just saying that it is a little bit different than normal. It's a little bit of a snapshot of an awesome workshop I did with Gemma as a part of the Root Cause program where she comes in monthly and does some anxiety mindset coaching um, with the women inside the program just because it's an avenue of area that I struggle to support so many women in at the same time uh, just because when you're working on a lot of gut and hormone things, there usually isn't enough time, the one-on-one call or enough space for me to be able to support women on a emotional capacity as well. So Gem's, uh, I guess, role... I don't know if that's the right word, but role within the program or the way she's supporting women within the program is sort of addressing boundaries, mindset, and all the things that we're going to address today, which are obviously really, really key areas. And I think they're really, really important uh, for women to work on and address as well, because I can help with the gut health and the bloating and the hormones and food and diet and nutrition and all that side of stuff. But to have someone who can support you from an emotional point of view, I think is really, really important. So I'm really excited to have her within the Root Cause program each month to be helping women. And today's just a little snapshot of Gem and Gem's story and some of the things we're going to address over the coming months and how it impacts not only sort of your gut health, but your whole emotional well-being. So please, enjoy today's interview. I think it's a really, really important one. I think Jem is amazing at what she does. Um, This sort of hour with her just blew me away and her knowledge and her story and how far she's come and how she's helping women worldwide to just be the best versions of themselves, essentially. And the other thing I want to touch on briefly before we jump into today's episode is that if you are someone who struggles with anxiety or mindset, a big thing I want you to think about is your protein intake because to have a healthy mood balance, we know that we need to be eating balanced meals with protein, carbs, fat at each meal, okay? So if we're having a high-carb snack without any protein or fat element, we are causing a spike in that blood sugar levels, which is changing our sort of energy production across the day. Now, I know myself I struggle to get my protein intake in each day, and something that really helps me to get enough protein in is to have a protein supplement just to top me up so that I'm sort of getting – I like to aim sort of 120 to 150 grams of protein per day. And one of the proteins I really love is Switch's organic sprouted plant protein. Okay. So often I'm a bit iffy about plant proteins because I feel like they can be harder on digestion or the quality of the products. Now I love the Switch's vegan protein because it's got enhanced digestion, which with the added digest zyme in it. And it also 
helps keep you fuller for longer. So there is no rice, there's no gritty taste. Uh, it's great by itself or I love it um, added to smoothies or clean treats because it is a sprouted protein that is a lot less reduction in sort of the chances of you getting bloated. So I really strongly encourage you to go check out uh, the Switch Protein on their website. And I love it because it is a blend of really unique ingredients that you don't often see. Okay. So it's got pumpkin seed protein in it, watermelon seed protein, hemp seed protein, and fermented organic pea protein. Wow. Try and get my lips around all of that. So it's also got the digestion in it, which is going to help improve that digestion of protein, carbs, and fats if you're adding it to other things as well. So head over to Switch Nutrition, check out their Switch Protein, use the code SHEZ, S-H-E-Z at the checkout if you want a sneaky discount of that one. And please let me know how you go because I love hearing feedback on different protein powders, especially because everyone has different taste buds. Um, this one comes in vanilla, chalk, sea salt, peanut butter, toffee, and salted caramel. So have a well, try them all out. Let me know how you go. And as always, I love hearing from you. So please reach out and enjoy today's episode. Sweet. So for those watching the replay, Gem's here today. So this is our first one of our monthly mindset coaching. Um, like we were just saying at the start of the call, if you have a suggestion for time, please holler, let us know. We're open to suggestions of playing around to find something that'll work with these guys. Um, but today, just going to go a bit through Gem's background, who she is, why she does what she does, why I love her and I love the work she does, and then really how it's going to be applicable to you all. Because what I've found in my one-on-one calls in the last probably six months that's been really overwhelming from a practitioner point of view is how, and I mean this in the nicest way possible to everyone, but how needy you all are. And I find it really hard to flip from a science-based brain where I'm looking at your protocols and looking at your bacteria and your gut and your candida and trying to be really strict on supplements and protocols, but then also holding space for you as well. And also going, hey, a lot of this is driven by overwhelm, by anxiety, by external factors. So trying to pull in an element that supports you in both areas, because as you learn from Jem's story today, but a lot of these guys know my story and the same thing I had parents' divorce, uni overwhelm, body image issues, anxiety, all this stuff which coincided hand-in-hand with my gut and my hormone issues. So for me, it was a real big learning point to start working through that. And I think the more you start to unpack that um, with, I'm going to use the word professional, with someone who's qualified in that area or someone who knows that area and that space a lot better than myself, I think it's just going to help you heal in ways that maybe you didn't even realize you needed healing in. I think that can be the biggest thing. We can get so caught up in spend the money, buy the supplements, do the thing without actually holding space for ourselves as well. So, Jim, who are you? (laughs) (laughs) Hi. Yeah, so stoked to be here. And just to, yeah, speak into what you shared there too, Sheridan. When we sat down um, and had a chat about what you were looking for, what I heard was this real desire for you to be able to support the women in this space more deeply. Um, and so that's that's how I come to be here. My name is Gemma. I'm a women's anxiety and mindset coach. 
And yeah, I have a, quite a bit of a backstory as to how I've gotten here, which I'm sure we're going to dive into today. Um, but the work, the vision from the work that I do and what is deeply, deeply important to me is I I see a world, my ideal world, my dream world would be where women wholeheartedly, unquestionably know that when painful symptoms like all of the gut stuff is showing up, but also any version of that, which I've moved through and, and lived through a lot of, painful emotions, whether it's anger, overwhelm, guilt, shame, embarrassment, anxiety, depression, fear, like there's so many of them um, that are very uncomfortable to sit with and to explore. And also, you know, judgmental self-talk, a busy mind that we just feel like we cannot escape from. When all of that is showing up, that is actually our body speaking to us. Yeah. And our body is on our team, even though a lot of the time it can feel like it's this annoying, frustrating thing that is getting in the way of us living the life that we want to live. But our body can't speak English. Yeah. And so it uses symptoms and painful emotions and a busy mind and incessant thoughts to ask us to actually pay attention to something that at a deeper level is really, really important to us. It's showing us you know, you've disconnected from something that's really important to you or something that you need to respect and honor about yourself. Maybe you've forgotten um, what what that is, like who who the truth and authenticity is of who you are is. Or maybe you were never taught that if you're anything like me. I was never taught how to self-reflect, how to understand when I was in a bad mood or felt, you know, one of the ways I explain it, which my clients love is foul. Like when I'm feeling foul, I had no idea what to do with that. Um, and so, yeah, it's there, it's there to speak to us. It's there on our team. And when we learn the skills to actually go inwards and work with that, rather than feel like it's a battle and, and we're fighting against it, it gets to release, right? Because when we hear it, the message, understand it, and then use it, there's no longer a purpose for the symptoms and the emotions and the self-talk to be showing up in that way. It also creates space for confidence and joy and freedom and a feeling of actually calm and satisfaction and contentment in our nervous system. And then we are free to create, you know, whatever it is in life that feels valuable and important and worthwhile to us and we then you know if we went into the law of attraction like we become magnetic to whatever that is as well and it gets to feel easy as opposed to just pushing shit uphill so yeah and that's interesting because the way you talk is so holistic like the body is a whole in a sense there's that real connection with self is probably the yeah. best way I yeah. can say it whereas how disconnected are we like Oh, I I don't know, like when I talk to people about my symptoms, right, and I'm reasonably in tune with my body because I track a lot of stuff and I'll be like, this and this and this has happened. That's why I probably this and this and this and happened. They're like, I mean, you're listening to your body so much. How are you connecting the symptoms with what's happening day to day? And I'm like, it's just that daily reminder that we really disengage with how we feel, you know, even our gut through to our mind, through to what we're putting into our body. Like it's it's wild. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that was so true for me in the past. Whenever anything would pop up, I was like, what's the quick fix? What's the magic pill? How do I just like 
do something to get rid of this. Yeah, yeah. So it would have been all that work. So did you heal? Do you feel like you there were segments with your healing in the sense that you healed your gut and then you started to learn to connect or your gut didn't heal to you were more connected with your body? Because like I know that I went through stages where I definitely removed parasites and SIBO and then Mm -hmm. sort of worked on the finer gut symptoms and then the daily stressor, which obviously drives a lot of the hormonal stuff. But it was like it was such a process. Yeah, it is. It is a process. I think one of the ways I could answer that is almost like a crisis management plan. So like the symptoms that were screaming loudest, which for me were was anxiety. I was blacking out from panic attacks, depression. I was having suicidal thoughts, chronic fatigue. I couldn't walk, uh, work or walk. I couldn't even cook myself a meal. Like a good day was being able to sit up in a wheelchair and having like my dad or a family member be able to take me outside for some fresh air. That was a great day when I was really unwell. Wow. And, you know, there was acne, there was bloating, there was constipation. I had heart issues. I had like lots of eczema, so many food sensitivities. Um, Eventually through testing and whatnot, you know, there was SIBO, there um, was candida, there was strep. Um, And, you know, I did a lot of part, a lot of my healing too was around coffee enemas and like seeing what was coming out. There was a lot of like parasites and pathogens as well. And so to begin with, for me, you know, when I did finally realize and I had to be like fully stopped, I couldn't work anymore. I couldn't care for myself anymore. When I did realize, okay, I'm like, I can't dictate to my body what I want to have happen and just expect it's going to happen. I actually have to listen intuitively one of the questions I asked myself was okay well what are the dominant symptoms and the women in this space have probably done this yeah to realize that their gut is you know one of the dominant symptoms they want to work on and Mm -hmm. for me that was my mental health mental and emotional health and it was my gut and so to answer like full circle back to your question are there stages or segments Yes. So like, I felt like I went leaps and bounds with my gut initially and my mental and emotional health initially. Um, And then it's been this like gradual ongoing process of then like tweaking things and um, maintaining certain lifestyle choices because it's actually very normal and appropriate to take care of yourself. But that just hadn't been part of how I was living my life. So when did this all sort of start? Were you a healthy kid? Did you grow up really happy childhood and stuff and this was a gradual progression or there was was a moment you got sick overseas and the gut stuff maybe triggered the other things or, you know, big lifestyle changes? How did this all come about? Yeah, so I'm 36 now and I would say I was probably early 30s, like 31, was the first time I felt well in my life wow. and really vibrant in my body. So, yeah, I was always a sick child. I can remember having anxiety from like before primary school and it was just this gradual stacking of, yeah, mm-hmm. symptoms and 
before I actually got the answers and, and a diagnosis of chronic fatigue, I ended up with this spreadsheet that was just like the longest list of symptoms because I was so defeated from explaining them all over again to the next specialist or the next practitioner because I went through about 18, you know, and thousands and thousands of dollars. Um, and I was just like, just read this. <laughs> here is here is my bibliography. What's the word? Biography. Yeah, take it. Read it. Yeah fix me but no I I get that I was saying like the blood tests and stuff and you're like I've got too I've got so much information on my health and you're probably just going through the same cycle hoping you'll find someone who yeah will run the testing that you need and actually help you with the answers so so challenging and like feelings of yeah defeat hopelessness despair frustration isolation being misunderstood it's so challenging when this health stuff pops up and we don't know what to do with it. Yeah. So where was the turning point? How did you get from, yeah, obviously the last, what, five years or so, there's been a big shift in who you are as a person, but the previous 10 or I don't know how many years it was, 10, 15 years that you struggled, that's that's a long time to see change. Mm. Can you remind me the question at the start? Was it like when, what? Yeah, yeah. When did it start? Yeah. What happened? When did it start changing? I think for me, like one of the things that I, I needed a lot of pain, right? And we can, I think we can put pain in this category as this bad, difficult, unhelpful thing. And it's actually extremely helpful, right? Pain is what gets us to pay attention. And for me, I needed a lot of it. Yeah, I wasn't, you know, you've heard the saying before, like I wasn't listening to my body whisper. I needed it like screaming through a megaphone before I was ready. <laughs> and I'm second that. <laughs> yeah. And for me, you know, I'd been overachiever, high achiever, perfectionist, people pleaser, um, super ambitious, super driven my whole life. Like after school, I went to uni and I studied law, a double degree in law and business. And then I sold residential property. And then I worked with CEOs, helping them to run their business in construction. And like nothing was ever enough, right? Because I didn't know from within myself that I was brilliant and capable and intelligent and beautiful and worthy and valuable. Mm. And so I was always reaching outside of myself. And it wasn't until things came crashing down to the point where I literally couldn't get up and walk out the door and go to work anymore that I really had to start looking at it. And, you know, values, our core values generally in life, but then in the six key areas of life are really important to understand. And that's what had to begin shifting and changing. The things that had been getting my time, love and attention simply could not anymore. And a big stage of that, probably the, the turning point was, so I was living in Australia. My dad lived in China and I called him up and I was just like, I don't know what's going on. And I didn't really have much of a relationship with him then. Yeah. And, I, but I was like, I'm not well, I've had this diagnosis. I don't really know what it means. I don't know what to do. And, you know, he flew back and looked after me for like, as in came to visit and like we had some conversations. And then when he flew back to China, he said to me, you know, if you have to stop working, I think you should come and live over here with me because I can't take care of you from another mm -hmm. country. And so that moment where I really had to assess like, okay, I'm going to leave behind the corporate career. I'm going to leave behind the dysfunctional intimate relationship that I was in. Um, 
the apartment in like my favorite suburb and all of like the material aspects of my identity and how I wanted to be perceived. And yeah, these material goals that I was just pushing for and striving for, I really had to choose in that moment, like, do I want to feel well? And do I want to thrive? And do I want to prioritize my health and well-being and take care of myself and become happy? Or do I want to keep pushing down this path that impresses other people but is definitely not feeling impressive to me right now, if I'm completely honest. Yeah, the like the thing that blows my mind most about this is because I know you now. So I've, <laughs> I've met you maybe a year ago, whenever it was I had you on the podcast, right? But in person, I know you now and you come across as carefree and easygoing and, you know, beautiful and authentic and true to yourself and an inspiration because I'm like, this girl just knows herself inside out and it's so inspiring. But like it's that whole almost sunny coast girl vibe compared to that corporate driven burnt out stress gem who's you know in a dysfunctional relationship who's just at her end it's just like like my mind is just like they they are just so not the same person like the the transformation the shifts you have gone through obviously physically as well because you look well but also you know mentally emotionally spiritually to be where you are now like that's a huge growth. So that point when your dad kind of said, should you go back to China? How old were you then? Mid twenties or something, maybe? I must have been late twenties, like 27, yeah. 28. Yeah. So it still took another three, four years after that to really heal and start feeling good. Yeah. And to be back working full time. Yeah. Three or four years. Yeah. Yeah. With the gut stuff on that, did you do functional testing and treat parasites and things and stuff as well? Yeah. So yes, did lots of testing. <laughs> um, you've heard, have you heard of the GAPS diet, yes. gut and psychology syndrome? So Amazing. yeah, I did. A, like I tried that. I just mm-hmm. bought the book and like, I tried to do it myself and I didn't understand detox symptoms. Right. So I was like, I'm doing this diet and now I'm covered in eczema and like I feel worse. This can't be right. And so I stopped. Yeah. And then I worked with another practitioner who, you know, in my opinion and for my body did like a more extreme version of that with like very hard hitting, like herbs and everything. And I was like vomiting every day, like just laying on the cold tiles every day, like not pushing it way too hard, way too fast. Mm. Um, And so then I stepped out a little bit and then I found a practitioner that was trained in GAPS and we worked together and it was just the results were phenomenal to like see that food and supplement, like some basic supplements can create an environment in the gut where the bad stuff just can't survive anymore and it exits mm-hmm. and that you can actually kind of like slowly put your foot on the accelerator when you want to turn up detoxing, but like take it off when you want to turn it back down, just blew my mind. Um, and I'm actually just like for general health and well-being, doing a bit of a reset on that full diet at the yeah. moment. I I love the GAPS diet stuff. That was one of the first, I did the same thing as you do, the, though. I bought the book and I got so excited because it was like one of the first things that I sort of came across. I was like, this is going to heal me. And then was just like, went from like eating to just like broths and yolks every day. And I felt terrible. And I was like, I this is the stupidest thing. I'm <laughs> never doing this dumb diet again. But then 
when you see it done well and then you see the results in children and the autism and the ADHD staff and like it's just yeah when it's done properly it's it's actually mind-blowing like it's it's just I think it's so hard like to step through that process like it's such a commitment kind of thing to do all those things but that's incredible that you did that that's that's amazing Mm -hmm. I love that yeah it was phenomenal and I think that's one of the things too like if we can be patient and give ourselves the opportunity to see results in any arena of life right like Mm -hmm. whether it's physical health whether it's emotional health even whether it's like professionally it becomes a lot easier because we're building evidence and stacking evidence that like, oh, okay, this is probably not going to happen on the time frame that would be like my ideal, which is like yesterday or tomorrow, <laughs> but it can happen. But then from a, I guess more from a mindset point of view and stepping into the work you do now was did you start working with someone like yourself or how did you start to make mm-hmm. that connection going there is the gut, but the gut's linked to the mind, which is linked yeah. to mood, all those kinds of things. Yeah. So I was doing some basic like marketing work and admin work for a mutual friend of ours, Toby, mm. his business. And I had always thought actually that I wanted to be a nutritionist and a naturopath. And when I say always, before I got really sick and couldn't work anymore in corporate, I was already like I was going to the markets every weekend and like buying produce and like really getting into Lola Berry was like my first first intro. And I was such a nerd and like the bioavailability in foods and like combining different ones. And so I knew I wanted to start a blog already, but, but like my health just didn't hold the capacity. And so as I was recovering, I was researching nutrition and naturopathy courses. And then, yeah, I just began to realize that, and through my own experience with my mental health, that, you know, if our mindset is not on board, it doesn't really matter how well we're showing up to like do our best with sleep or nutrition or relationships or movement. Like if the self-talk or like the feeling in the body is like, burdensome and resistance and like we're seeing patterns of you know self-sabotage which isn't something I really believe in but that's a chat for another time um it's really really hard whereas when our mindset and our emotional well-being and our, our spiritual sense of self is tuned in every part of life is easier and so I began to see for me that was actually at like the top of what I needed to be able for all the other stuff to, to me, for me to feel the full effects and benefits of all the other stuff. And so, yeah, I said to Toby at the time, like, you know, what would, what skills or what qualifications do you recommend if I was to like want to, wanting to move into coaching? Cause his business is a coaching business and it's actually a chronic fatigue coaching business. And I'd done their program as part of my recovery as well. Um, and yeah, he recommended a couple of different options and I started going down that path and I actually went into my training probably like 50 to 60% recovered, like definitely not fully recovered. And there was a lot of home study involved, but when I say went into the training, into the actual training room for the intensive for two weeks, do all like the practical assessments and everything, and I came out recovered and I was wow. just like, like yeah. how and what and 
yeah, it just showed me the power of energetic healing as well as emotional healing as well as physical healing. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, just resonate with that so much because I think of one myself but then I think a lot of the clients I work with and the ones who make and I'm just going to nail in on hormone stuff here because I feel like yes the gut stuff the gut stuff can be quite sciencey still because I'm still like there's bacteria and they speak to those bacteria and there is actually a lot of stuff going on there but I feel like hormones and adrenal side of stuff like that because that whole HPA access has got to feel safe to ovulate I feel like and as soon as it doesn't it stops and that's that's the energetics that's your body going hey we don't feel safe enough to have a baby we don't feel secure we don't feel well we don't feel you know all the symptoms that come with the periods and the way they shift and change with the moon and all these things I'm like there's so much more energy moving on there and as females we're so lucky because our body's so in tune to everything else that's going on as well mm-hmm. so we you know we are very cyclic for better use of word but I just think there's that emotional side of stuff so often gets blocked and just we we go no like or especially if you're on birth control pill and things we disassociate very easily but I just think yeah it's so underrated in that sense and how much that stress response affects that hormones affects those energies and like you said will affect your healing and we also know with that fluctuation in hormones over the cycle you're going to get fluctuations in mood in energy in ability in recoverability like how well your body's healing like it's just like I said stepping into that space makes a huge difference for so much of that healing aspect mm. Mm. 100%. And yeah, I'm really big because of my journey on the holistic piece as well. Mm. Like, you know, we can't be doing the mindset and emotional stuff and then putting junk in our body. <laughs> yeah. And then the exercise element as well. You know what I mean? Because you think of even someone like Toby and for you guys who don't know who he is go have a look at um chronic fatigue syndrome um cfs health and have a look and see sort of what he does and stuff but a lot of like his background was personal training as well so it was that whole element of burnout that gave him chronic fatigue syndrome like in that sense I think same with me like have that personal training sports science background and that masculine energy which has a time and a place but that go 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 aspect which is what stopped my body ovulating for seven years because it was like you're far too driven like basically you're not a female, (laughs) like we're just going to cut that tie off and, you know, until you stop running, CrossFit, boxing, weight training, like this sort of um, feminine energy is getting taken away from you. And I just feel like so many of us get caught in the cycle as important as exercise is, we devalue breathwork, yoga, meditation. We know we should be doing it, but we don't do it in a sense. And I don't know if there's things that you've find with your clients that work really well or yourself or that helped you whether it was breath work whether it was meditating or what sort of exercise components those look like for you yeah yeah it's definitely evolved over the years um and is your question specifically to like how what my relationship with exercise and movement is right now 
Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely evolved over the years. Like there's been times where with chronic fatigue, stretching was so important and was the absolute maximum of what I could manage. Um, There's been times where yoga is more important. There's seasons where, you know, if business is asking a lot from me, I actually can't train at an intense level alongside that, or I will like, I'll be bloated and my body will show me stress symptoms. Um, in over the last 12 months, I've really grown to love and to probably for the first time ever have a relationship with exercise and movement that feels so good in my body, which is um, more like primal functional mobility training and strength training. Um, so I was training at a phenomenal gym in Brisbane last year when I was living there and I've really struggled to find somewhere up here. It's like set the standard high, but I I think I have just, I've just joined a new gym and I think I yep. found it. Um, but it's a tuning to my body. It's not a blanket approach. It's a tuning to my body day by day, week by week. Sometimes I know for me personally, um, luteal is the hardest for my body. Right. And for, I feel really good on my bleed, mm. but luteal for me, like I'll be way more sensitive and emotional. I'll feel way more needy. I'm more tired. Um, and so if I try and train at that same intensity in that week, it will then throw off how I feel for the remainder of the cycle. Yet if I honor just those five, seven days and just slightly change things, I feel great for the whole cycle. So, Yeah, it's interesting because you especially think of women who do have an imbalance in those hormones as well and how much when that estrogen, if those hormones are low across the board, you tend to have a bit of a flat cycle almost and you don't notice it so much. But when your hormones are healthy or they're exacerbated, you see that mid-cycle can be such a spike. But then like you said, you can get such a drop leading into your cycle as well. And especially if you're not ovulating or if you're on the birth control pill makes it really tricky because you lose that in tune and now you're quite aware and you go, okay, this is this is the time Gem just needs a little bit more space, you know, and I'm like that sort of, just coming out of my bleed I'm always like oh I feel kind of the worst as those hormones are completely dropped away and I'm like okay be careful with your self Sheridan but if we don't have that or we're not in tune to our cycle it makes it so tricky to appreciate that and I think food's the same because you'll have times where you will be hungrier or want more carbs or recognize you need more protein and if you're just ignoring that and I know macros are really important and we talk about the heaps for different reasons but if you're not honoring those things in your body as well, it, it can be really tricky. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's bringing the well, like the mindset, but the um, attitude around it of getting the foundations right. So you give yourself the opportunity to notice and more easily feel where your body is at, um, mm-hmm. rather than just always feeling crappy. But then how do you maintain a healthy mindset today? Because I think this is something so many of the women struggle with in a sense is that they are balancing food, diet, supplements, and maybe even when you think of when you're back in the crux of it all, when you're like, look, I'm trying to do so many things to heal my body in so many ways that maintaining a healthy mindset can be so tricky add the pressures of life, whether it's kids, family, finances, work as well. It's like, how do we, where do we even start to establish that in a sense? 
Yeah. So a few things here. One of the most helpful things I heard in my own recovery was stress trumps everything. Yeah. And so if you're doing all the things and ticking all the boxes, but you feel so overwhelmed and like you could just fall in a heap or burst into tears, you're not actually going to benefit from all of those things you're doing anyway. You're probably going to benefit more from like pulling a few things out and creating some more space for yourself to just breathe, right, and and be a human. (laughs) Mm. Um, So I think that is really, really important. For me these days it's become like I don't even have to try at this anymore, but it's so simple that it's also where you begin. I... I'm not, um, like I no longer live by the misconception that I can tell my body what to do, right? So I let my body lead. I check in with my body and I love doing this and I invite, you know, all the women listening and watching to do this as early on in the day as possible. And the way I do that is asking myself, like, what are one to three words that describe my state of being right now? And that might sound really simple, but sometimes it's actually really hard to articulate the sensation that you're feeling in the body, uh, the emotion, the feeling, right? And sometimes it might just be a sound, right? Like it might be like, oh, and making that sound, you're like, okay, I'm irritated, I'm frustrated, I'm uncomfortable. And from there, only when we can name what our state of being is and how we're feeling, can we then ask ourselves, what do I need based on that today? Yeah. And sometimes that will feel like a big answer that's unobtainable, right? And so how can I just give myself like a micro amount or like a micro dose of that today? And also look at where can I create space? Because I can see this is a need I have. Even if in an hour's time I'm up in adrenaline or I've distracted myself and it feels like magically that need has gone now and I don't have it. It's actually still there beneath the surface. So like, can I block some time on the weekend? Do I need to actually change some plans or remove some commitments so that there's space? You know, if it's like, oh, I just want to like go and lay on the beach without a time frame on it, or I want to go for a drive and get in deep nature. And not necessarily to exercise, but just to like not hear anything other than the birds Mm. Um, and blocking that in. But it can also be as basic as, you know, um, what do I need today? Oh, I'm feeling like a little bit more sluggish in my body. I don't feel like wearing like tight jeans or exercise pants. I just feel like wearing tracky pants or a flowy dress. Can I let that be okay? Can I give that to myself? Um, I'm a very intuitive dresser. (laughs) Yeah. And it's so practical and you can start, you don't need anything to begin doing this. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm actually going to write that up and stick that on my my mirror or my fridge or something, because it's the simple things that we forget to do. Like I don't check in with how I'm feeling. I tell myself how I'm feeling because these are the things I need to get done today. And this is the day I go to the gym and this is the day I go for a road cycle. And so therefore you feel good on those days. And if you don't, you caffeinate till you feel good on those days. Like it's kind of like we're so used to, directing ourselves based on the constructs of society or our life or the the things we've built into it whereas you're right if we 
split that and kind of honor and respect ourselves and go, okay, what, what can I fit in today? And obviously that's not like, okay, sorry, everyone, no calls today because <laughs> I need to go nap. And Jem said that's okay because I'm listening to me. But obviously there's perimeters within that, but there's definitely those ebbs and flows and the ways we push ourselves. And then I think the biggest thing that I've kind of learned and taken on from you as well is the boundary stuff. Like I have been terrible over the years at setting boundaries and that whole, like you said at that start, the A-type, the people-pleasing, the go-go-go style of things and actually going, oh, if I don't feel up to it today or this weekend I've seen people, it's okay to say no. And I think personally I, that's something I've struggled with for years with family as well and just being able to go, yeah, create that space and go, it's, it's okay to say no because that's such a hard thing as well. I was exactly the same. I remember a friend like in my, must have been probably my early, early mid-20s saying to me, why don't you just tell them you'll let them know on the day or why don't you just tell them you can't do it anymore? And I was like, no, nah, you don't get it. You don't understand me. Like that's not even possible. Like what world are you living in? Right? And so I understand because that used to be my reality too. And it is, it's really challenging. And, you know, with boundaries, communication and boundaries, one of the ways that I talk about that, and I love that, you know, we're going to have space every month to work on this within ourselves is when we dive straight into that and just expect ourselves all of a sudden to stop people pleasing, to be able to say no, to change our relationship patterns without looking at what is actually happening in the nervous system when we think about saying no. Because the nervous system is having this experience of, I'm going to be rejected. They're going to judge me. They're not going to speak to me anymore. I won't get invited to the next thing. I'm letting them down. I feel really guilty. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not a good person. I'm a shit person. I'm unreliable. And so this, and what that translates to is like, I'm about to be rejected. I'm about to be cast aside. My core need of love and connection and significance is no longer going to be met. I'm going to die without my tribe protecting me and including me. And so that's literally the experience the nervous system is having a fight, flight, flee, fawn. Yeah. And it's can, that's why it feels like we might be able to say no, but then it's like, oh, I feel like I'm withdrawing from a drug or I just want to go and reverse it straight away. And so it's really important that we understand and are like compassionate and patient and curious with what is actually happening beneath that rather than berating ourselves for not being able to say no. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah um, and there's so many different areas where we've got to learn to do that as well, like business-wise, work-wise, mm. family-wise, friend-wise, intimate relationship-wise. And Tammy's like spot on with the guilt afterwards. Yeah, the guilt is just, the guilt's huge. I have that. And then I'll ask my friends later and they're like, oh, no, it's like it's fine. It's no big deal. But like you said, that whole spiral is just in insane. And I even remember like, when I first chatted to you about having you come on and stuff like that, the way you talk about this is what feels good for me and this is what sits well with me and those things, I was like, why can't I be like that? <laughs> I was like, I wish I approached people like that. I was like, actually, this is what I want to do and this is what feels good. And like more recently when I got asked to do this gut health program for a company and stuff and 
it was really hard. It was a lot of pressure and I felt like I couldn't say no to it, even though now reflecting back and I was like, wow, if I just set a few boundaries and sort of said, actually, I can do this, but I can't do that. It would have taken so much overwhelm out of that week. But it's like you said, that guilt, that spiral is it's so hard to overcome. And I guess that is something you work with with your clients, I assume, over time, because it's not a it's not a like, okay, today now I'm the boundary setter. Goodbye. Like I don't think there's any overnight feel. No, no. In fact, it's one of the last things I teach my clients because you know, just going back to this conversation that we had a moment ago around like, what are one to three words that describe how I'm feeling in my body? What is my state of being? If we can't check in and name that, of course, we don't know what we want or like what the boundary would be. And so it really is that foundational. And also, yeah, getting curious about you know, what are the imprints from childhood? What was modeled to me by my primary caregivers of mum and dad? Like what were the coping mechanisms? What was taught to me as normal that maybe actually does not work for me? And this isn't about pointing the finger or blaming because guess what? Our parents probably weren't taught by their parents who weren't taught by their parents, right? We're all human beings, but we can sometimes get so hung up about, well, their label's mum and dad and my label is child, so they should take care of this part. And because they didn't, I'm in pain, I'm suffering, and I don't know what to do about it because we're also not taught that we have this insane power within us to connect to our intuition, to connect inwardly, hear the message underneath these emotions and symptoms and self-talk. And yeah, it is hard. It takes courage. It takes bravery. And it is where you become unstoppable. Like you become capable of yet creating whatever it is that you want in life, saying no to what you don't, asking for what you need, standing up, and saying like, this thing isn't okay with me. I don't want to be treated this way anymore. Um, Really drawing a line in the relationship with yourself of like, I actually don't want to treat myself this way anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. And I know everyone listening and these two here are going to be the same as me and be like, what she's got, I I want that. Like whatever you are portraying right now, like you just box it up and send it to me because I need that in my life. But it's, you're right. It's years of work. It's years of self-development. It's years of, of learning skills and how to do it as well. Because I think like anything, it's like trying to heal your gut by yourself. It's like, well, you grab a bit here and you grab a bit there and you try and understand a bit there. But when you work with someone and you work solidly in that space, you progress so much better and these things change so much better. And it's so much more than just trying to do a five-minute meditation every day because that does not teach you these skills or these traits like you just simply portrayed in the last you know five minutes or so where you said this is how we want to feel and this is how we want to connect and I think sometimes we kind of get in tune that meditation is so good and that's going to change everything and I literally spoke to a client today and she's like I'm doing all the things like I'm meditating for 5, 10, 15 minutes every day and it seems to work for everybody else but it's not working for me and I'm like that's that but that's actually a really bad societal thing that I almost feel like we're pushing on people now, like download this app and start meditating and life's going to start sorting itself out. Whereas there's light, like it's an onion. There are layers to pick through and so much stuff to work on. Totally, totally. 
And, you know, I talk about some of these tools of like meditation and positive affirmations and brain retraining. They're actually surface level tools. Mm-hmm. They're there to help us regulate the nervous system so that we can go in and actually do the deeper work, right? Yeah. And they're important because without them, we stay spinning out of control or overwhelmed. And, and the thought of, yeah, digging a little bit deeper would be overwhelming. But, yeah, they're not actually there to heal us um, yeah. or, or to be enough. There's more to it than that. So Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm in awe. Um, Tammy and Annalise, how are you two doing? And did you have any questions for Jem or anything you want to talk about or ask about rather than me? Not really at this stage, but, yeah, definitely. It was lovely, lovely listening. Mm-hmm. Very, very insightful. <laughs> I was going to say, you would, re- uh, Renate, you would <laughs> relate to Annalise because you're, like, one of the most driven person I know with your running and fitness and everything else. I'm like, you're an A-type, yeah. surely, down to your core. Yeah. Yep, pay the price for it, that's for sure. <laughs> yep, yep. Um, and Tammy, anything from you, anything you want to add? I'm assuming you can hear me and I don't know if you know that you're muted. Um, yeah, I'm going to wrap it up there, Jem, just because I feel like you've given so much information and so much stuff already that I'm like, that's going to be more than enough to digest as Mm -hmm. well as sharing your story and bits and pieces in there. So thank you phenomenal you're amazing and I knew you would be but I actually think I underestimated how good you would be so (laughs) the knowledge yeah the knowledge and insight you bring is just incredible so I'm really excited for the next couple months and just to yeah pick your brain and work through some topics each month and just see how we can sort of yeah create some awareness of self and boundaries and do some of that almost want to say more important work than some of the gut work but it's all just interlinked in its own way I think so interlinked yeah and my absolute pleasure it's I love these conversations it's so much fun for me it doesn't feel like work at all Um, (laughs) so yeah I'm excited to to come into the space and and really give the women some tools so that they can not just know it but actually implement it and yeah begin creating some shifts and changes and like most of us, and you and I included, Sheridan, Sheridan, have had or are in that A-type, high achiever, driven, ambitious, and those parts aren't wrong. We don't need to get rid of them. It's just what do we need to complement them with? And you said it perfectly before with like the feminine and the masculine pieces. It's like the masculine pieces of structure, drive, ambition, provider, nothing wrong with them, but how easily can we switch into the feminine where we get to be more in flow and creativity and um, nurturing and nourishing and in our intuitive and then switch back and then switch back. So, yeah. Like so, yeah, trying to allow yourself to do that shift and then recognise how they're important for different times. Like I see that with my business, there's times where I need that driven and I need that masculine energy because I need stuff done, you know. And then there's other times where I'm like, okay, there's 60 women here that I'm trying to nurture and heal and hold space for as well when I, I can't be that driven person. And then understanding that I'm allowed to apply that grace to myself as well. It's like, okay, I don't actually need to run and ride and box all the time. I'm, I'm allowed to just do breath work as well and seeing the shift in 
hormones and gut and attitude towards food and everything else that comes with it is yeah it's it's incredible we're lucky to be here now it's where it's a blessing Um, we are (laughs) well thank you i'm going to end that recording here Thank you for listening to another episode of the Empowered Hormone Podcast. If you know a female who needs some empowerment, please forward, repost, tag or share and let's get women talking.